There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Wednesday, June 1st. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Learn how Steamfitters can benefit your business at steamfitters-602.org. Today, a jury has reached a verdict in the dual defamation trial between actors Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. We talk with entertainment lawyer Kirk Schroeder, who explains what this verdict means. Even though truth is a defense, they somehow did not believe her defense that he actually did abuse her. And members of Congress want to hear from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and Washington Commander's team owner Dan Snyder, calling them to appear in front of the House Oversight Committee. WTOP's Mitchell Miller tells us what this means for the congressional investigation into workplace harassment within Snyder's organization. So it's clear that this panel has become very impatient with the flow of information that they are getting, or in some cases they feel they're not getting, from the commanders as well as the NFL. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. And I'm Megan Cloherty. Two celebrities, six weeks of trial and two days of jury deliberation brought us to these verdicts. A jury today delivering its decision to a Fairfax County judge in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard dual libel trial. The jury awarded both sides for defamation, but leaned heavily towards Johnny Depp's side. Joining us now is entertainment attorney Kirk Schroeder, founding partner of Schroeder Brooks, to explain what these decisions mean. So, Kirk, you know, there's a lot read out by the judge just now. So how did this all shake out? Well, it certainly shook out much better for Johnny Depp than it did Amber Heard, both financially. But uh, in it's a very difficult uh, case to win uh, defamation against a public person with clear and convincing evidence mm. and proving malice. And obviously the jury felt that uh, Johnny Depp uh, did that when Amber Heard uh, published the Washington Post op-ed piece implying that he abused her. And uh, even though truth is a defense, they somehow did not believe her defense that he actually did abuse her. Um, interestingly, the jury also thought that uh, Johnny Depp defamed Amber Heard in one of the Daily Mail uh, pieces uh, when uh, he made statements that she was making false uh, claims against him. Uh, but they had obviously different dollar amounts. Uh, Amber Heard right now has a bill for $15 million and uh, Johnny Depp has a bill for just uh, $2 million. It's a big difference. Um, but what really stood out to you in the findings here? Because we had a little uh, delay by the jury. They didn't fill out a form correctly. <laughs> Yeah, this was really interesting. Um, the jury had a verdict, but they did not uh, contemplate damages. And so the judge called the lawyers uh, up to the bench. And, you know, something's going on when that happens, something unusual. Mm -hmm. And uh, my guess is the lawyers were able probably to peek at the, the jury form and to see who won or not, uh, given their reaction when they were walking back to their uh, seats. 
And uh, essentially, the judge told the jury, go back in the jury room and figure out damages. And you would have thought that would have taken hours with six weeks of evidence and uh, what they did. But they came back within less than 45 minutes and came up with 10 million. I'm sorry, uh, uh, 10 million, 5 million for Johnny Depp and 2 million for Amber Heard. So how they did that in such a quick time probably tells me it was a visceral, emotional decision Mm. rather than walking through you know, were damages there? What it, what impact, what jobs were lost, what career implications were there? Right. Uh, really quickly, I'm wondering, did they have to show why they break down the money? Like, do they have to show $2 million because of this, or can they just say it's just $2 million? Uh, it's just $2 million. Um, now, uh, obviously, the jury will get interviewed and polled, and there'll be, you know, people telling what they thought. But uh, it's just amazing. And, and, I mean, gosh, half hour or less, maybe, here it is. This is the dollar <laughs> amount. And normally, uh, you know, you would think a jury would take a lot of time with that, given there were six weeks of, of evidence. Mm. But right. And, uh, I mean, that could be an appeal point. That could be a point. Uh, you know, it could be an appeal point to the uh, appellate court to say the jury did not take adequate time uh, to consider damages here. And but that could run both ways. Mm. Um, you know, that could hurt. If it goes back down to the jury or to a judge or it could go later. But I think you'll get motions uh, to maybe reconsider uh, to uh, the verdict, uh, to reconsider the award. Um, courts hate to overturn jury verdicts. So that's a tall, tall order. But if there was an argument that the jury did not adequately consider damages, this might be that situation. Right. And Depp was asking for $50 million, and Heard was asking for, you know, $100 million. So what does it tell us about the jury, how they were feeling that they, you know, kind of awarded each side a lot less money than was asked for? Well, in Virginia, you have two types of damages. One is compensatory damages. So that means what did I actually suffer or your career loss, things like that. And then you have punitive damages, which are capped in Virginia. It's a rather low, uh, 375,000. Uh, so the jury was awarding compensatory damages, So, uh, which is not capped. So somewhere in that brief amount of time, they thought that Johnny Depp um, had $15 million coming to him for the impact on his career and um, $2 million for the impact on Amber Heard. Um, finally, this trial, obviously, I mean, to say it captured public interest is, is minimizing it significantly. As soon as the, the verdict came in for Johnny Depp, there were people outside the courtroom chanting, um, what do you think, I mean, from your standpoint as an entertainment lawyer, does the outcome of this trial send a message in any way? Well, certainly the lawyer staked it. Uh, Amber Heard's uh, defense uh, said that uh, a verdict for Johnny Depp was going to send a message to women everywhere that um, they were uh, uh, that were victims of abuse and, and maybe the fear of coming forward for what might happen. And then obviously Johnny Depp was playing to how many men have been falsely accused. So in that court of opinion, uh, there's certainly uh, that. Um, as far as legal precedent, I mean, it's it's rather significant in the sense that it's difficult to sue a public figure and both of them are public figures. So mm-hmm. I think um, this case will get cited certainly in, in defamation cases down the road if the verdict uh, holds after uh, any appeals. Finally, I mean, clearly Johnny Depp won the PR war. I think his uh, folks did a much better battle because there was a PR 
trial and then there was the actual trial mm. and uh, when you consider that the only question that the jury had to consider was whether or not amber heard was telling the truth and had they any of them unanimously one of them just had to say no i think amber heard is telling the truth um this would have gone a completely different way and apparently seven jurors did not believe anything she said after six weeks of evidence Wow. We appreciate your analysis on this. Kirk Schroeder, founding partner of Schroeder Brooks Entertainment Law Firm in Northern Virginia. And years after an NFL investigation into allegations of harassment and misconduct inside the Washington Commanders team launched, owner Dan Snyder and NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell are being called to testify to a congressional committee, which is demanding transparency. If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC or refrigeration project, Go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602. Changing lives. Gas prices have been going crazy lately, but here at WTOP, we have something that might help. It's called Fuel Your Summer, and it's WTOP's free gas giveaway presented by Astound Broadband. All you have to do is go download the WTOP app, register on the My WTOP page, and enter for your chance to win $100 in gas gift cards per day and the grand prize of free gas for a year up to six grand. During the month of June, fuel up on us. Just download the WTOP app, register, and enter for your chance to win today. Fuel Your Summer is brought to you by Astound Broadband, powered by RCN. Boost your internet with a gig and experience better. Visit astound.com. So check it out as soon as you can. After eight months of investigation, congressional lawmakers say they want to hear from Washington Commander's owner Dan Snyder and NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell over allegations of workplace harassment and misconduct. The House Oversight Committee requested that both men appear before the committee later this month. And while it may seem like this letter isn't that big of a deal, WTOP's congressional correspondent Mitchell Miller is here to tell us why those who have been following this investigation closely say this is the last shoe to drop. Mitch, there's some strong language used by the New York Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney in this letter, and a lot of it seems to come down to the team and the league's perceived lack of cooperation. So how serious is this request from the Oversight Committee? Well, this is very serious. You do not usually get an owner of an NFL football team, as well as the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, called to speak and testify before a congressional panel. So it's clear that this panel has become very impatient with the flow of information that they are getting, or in some cases they feel they're not getting Mm -hmm. from the commanders as well as the NFL. And as you note, they did use some very strong language in this letter that they have sent to both of them. They used the word obstruction. They used the word stonewalled. Basically, they said that they began this investigation uh, close to seven to eight months ago and that they have not received all the information that they've been asking for. And so they feel like they had to push these two people to testify before them. And just for a bit of uh, background information for people, why is a congressional panel investigating an NFL football team? Well, the reason goes to this issue of the workplace and harassment. What they are looking at is essentially things, a lot of the things that have been raised in the Me Too era, which is non-disclosure agreements, 
a lot of sexual harassment that was alleged by people who actually spoke to the lawmakers several months ago in, in connection with a roundtable that they had saying that it was essentially a boys club a lot of the time. Hmm. A lot of the women that worked for the organization felt they were mistreated. And then in addition to that, as they probed deeper, they found some allegations of possible financial improprieties that they are still looking into. And we heard from the Katz Marshall firm, Lisa Banks and Deborah Katz, who represent uh, the victims in this case. And of course, they're pleased that the Oversight Committee is making this request. But part of their statement says, quote, Dan Snyder and Roger Goodell have a lot to answer for. And it seems from Maloney's letter, the committee agrees and they want some specific findings. I mean, the NFL had an independent investigation into these allegations. They hired this investigator, Beth Wilkinson, to look into all of this. But then later, I mean, months later, we learned the NFL actually signed a contract with Snyder that says he, too, has to agree for those findings to be released. So clearly, we haven't seen the results of of the investigation. The NFL hasn't really ever commented on that. Can Congress override that agreement? I mean, how much transparency are they expecting here? Well, that's really interesting because the NFL kind of put out this general statement in connection with the fact that the investigation had taken place, that everything was looked into, and here's what they found, and that they're following up on it. Now, critics of the NFL, as well as the commanders, say this was just basically an effort to get that out there and then sweep it under the rug and hope everybody would forget about it. But Mm. clearly, this committee has not forgotten about it, and they are pushing really, really hard to try to get this information. But I'll leave it for the lawyers to sort out Really, the only way from a congressional standpoint that they could override some type of agreement like this or at least get the information they want is they would have to issue subpoenas. And we have seen that subpoenas in some cases may or may not have as much power as many have thought they should have in connection with Congress. We've seen that with the January 6th investigation here in connection with the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Right. That some people are flouting those subpoenas. So we'll have to see if the committee is going to be determined enough to do something that along those lines. Personally, I don't think that they will go that route at this point at any rate. And Mitch, you know, just like the January 6th you know, committee, things can get political. And there was a spokesperson, a Republican spokesperson that talked to the Washington Post who said that this is a Democratic sham investigation in reference to this you know, commander's House committee request. What role would, will politics possibly play in this you know, hearing? Well, that's a really good point because the uh, chair of this committee, Carolyn Maloney, is known for being somebody who's very aggressive at going after a lot of different issues. Now, her critics on the Republican side say she kind of takes a grab bag approach and goes at a lot of different things and tries to see what she can get to bring attention to the committee, of course, to bring attention to her. A lot of people say, why are you pursuing this when there are so many other issues taking place in the U.S., whether it's inflation, rising gas prices, you can go right down the list. Mm -hmm. So you definitely are going to have a political element, surprise, surprise, here in Congress related to that. But um, the Republicans on this panel are not really anywhere near where Carolyn Maloney and other Democrats are on this committee. And Mitch, what action can the Oversight Committee take against Snyder and Goodell, if anything? I mean, I just kind of wonder, is this really just a show or is there some kind of I don't know, some kind of action they could take against them to make them either bring forward some of these documents or to make things right if if it shows they are damning? Well, they already have had some progress. And we did get a statement from the NFL today in which 
They said that they will respond to this in a, quote, timely manner. Uh, the NFL also noting that it has already turned over, they say, 460,000 documents in connection with this investigation and related issues. But to your question, it really does go back to the subpoena power of Congress. That is really the only way that they are going to get actual documents to require NFL lawyers, and believe me, the NFL has a lot of them, <laughs> to come in and say, okay, we have to turn this over. They tell Roger Goodell, we have no choice, but we need to turn over these various documents if something is unearthed uh, in connection with a specific incident or allegation. So I think that's really the only route that Congress has in connection with this. And a WTOP has reached out to the commanders as well as Snyder for comment, and we didn't hear back today. WTOP's Mitchell Miller, thank you so much for you know catching us up on this issue, this new request, and what may come from it. You bet. And before we go, Megan, I got to tell you about this story, this harrowing story <laughs> about my grocery shopping trip this past weekend. You alluded to it, and I don't want to give it away, but I'm also like on the edge of my seat because I'm kind of nervous about what you're going to say. There was a six-foot snake hanging out six feet behind me as I was loading, you know, groceries into nope. my car. Nope, 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 um, nope, nope And nope. I was so shocked. I mean, I was so shocked. I, I guess it's actually pretty common. There are snakes in D.C. Wait, stop. You are loading your groceries. You turn around and you see a six-foot snake. Yeah, yeah. Like a gray, black, six-foot snake. Very beautiful. It's shiny. And it was right in the road. I was on Wisconsin Avenue, kind of in Glover Park. Yeah. And it was just right there. It looked so out of place. And everyone was, like, stopping and, like, screeching and screaming. It was crossing the street. Yeah, it was crossing the street. What? And then cars, like, were driving, and one, like, drove near it, and it kind of, like, coiled up in a defensive position. Oh anyway, gosh. I ended up driving away. But over the next few days, I've seen, like, video after video of snakes kind of out in D.C. There was one on Connecticut Avenue near McCobb Street. There was one near U Street. Wait, what if it's the same snake and he's just doing a tour of D.C.? <laughs> Maybe. It it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. But I did some looking into it. And, you know, snakes are out and about right now because it's getting warmer. And snakes are cold-blooded creatures, meaning when it gets warm, they get warmer and they can move more. Yeah. And so they're, they're out and about. And experts are just, you know, telling people to be aware. Most of them are not venomous, which is a really good thing. Even though this one I saw was like six feet, you know, I was still pretty scared. But it wasn't Oof. venomous. It was a rat snake, actually, um, an eastern rat snake. And um, it actually is pretty good to, like, decrease the rat population. But you have to watch out for the eastern copperhead. That's like the one venomous snake in our area. I'm going to go Google from. that immediately. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. it does make sense at this time of year you'll see, you're seeing more of them. But it does not make sense that for some reason... This year, more than ever, we're seeing all these videos and pictures and people reporting them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was a marked increase in rat populations, you know, throughout the oh, area because okay. the COVID, you know, um, more, just <laughs> more Grubhub leads to more rats. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there was just an increased rat problem, and so with rats kind of being more out there, maybe the snake population grew too. I don't know, but wow, look out. Look out, people. The snakes okay. are out there. It's like a PSA, but really just one you don't <laughs> want to hear. That'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, and follow us on social media where we post content every day from behind the scenes. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, everyone. 